starting last Sunday, I told you we will be looking at marriage and the family for the next few weeks. And as I said then, and I'll say it today, uh, these sermons are for those of you who are married. They're sermons for you who are not married. They're sermons for you who are glad you're married. And they're sermons for you you're glad you're not. Meaning they're for everybody. Okay, there's something in here for everybody because it's God's holy word. And today is no different. As we look at the book of Ruth, um, we won't get to that entreat me not to leave you stuff today. uh, But that will eventually come up. Because I want us, I want us to see how important the family is today. No matter who you are, I don't know of any loners, okay? You may know of a loner who don't have anybody, okay? Then they should have somebody by having you. If nothing else, just a friendship. Somebody you can just sit down and talk with. But everybody needs somebody. So don't say, hey, these sermons aren't for me. I'm not going to be coming over the next few weeks. Well, God have mercy on you if you don't. So if you have your Bibles, we'll look at the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And you help me with the names. And if you want to call it different from what I call it, that's okay. It won't hurt my feelings a bit. I've been trying to do this since 1976 and uh, still haven't mastered it. And uh, that's okay. All right. Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1. Now. It came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. I want you to get that. If you don't get nothing else. When the judges ruled. That there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. Went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons was Melon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Ophrah. And the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Father, I don't know how to explain all this, but I know you do. And I just pray that you'd speak through me today. And I will thank you and praise you. I pray that you'd bless every home that's represented in here. Every individual needs somebody. And I pray that you speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Keeping up with a marriage and keeping up with a family to me is like keeping up an automobile and keeping up a house. It takes maintenance and it requires maintenance all the time. Now, I've also been told, and I've seen it happen, if you move out of a house and leave it alone, completely abandoned, it will eventually rock down if it's not kept up. So it goes with a marriage. Um, 
You know, it takes maintenance. So I just want to speak to you today about marriage maintenance. Well, what do we need to do? Well, first of all, there's the problems that will stress a home. When I begin to think about the problems that will stress a home, I begin to think about problems that stresses a house, okay? There's a difference in a house and a home. I see signs all across our town that says, home for sale. You can't sell a home. You sell a house. A home is where people are. And so when I thought about maintenance on a house, I thought, well, this is what I have seen in my lifetime. I have seen termites. You know, hey, if you don't, if you don't know how to spot them, just crawl under your house with a flashlight and you begin to look for tunnels because, hey, there are little tunnels that run up beside inside the brick or the block or whatever because, hey, they're in the moisture, they're in the ground, and they're working their way up to the wood. You don't know they're there. You don't hear them talking, knocking on the walls, and, hey, this is a good chunk of wood. Come on over here on, on this side. You'll never know you have them if you don't look for them until it's too late. I have seen cracks in foundations, and on the inside of the house you'll see sheetrock cracks. You'll find doors that will shut but won't latch. There's all kind of maintenance. There's something gone wrong that needs to be straightened out. There's something that needs to be fixed. I think about a leaking roof. Well, you know, it's raining. I can't fix it now. It's raining. Well, when it ain't raining, I don't need to fix it. You know, it's the same way in marriage. A lot of people will have termites in their marriage, and they say, well, maybe it'll go away. No, it's not going to go away. If it's unattended, it will not go away. There are families with cracks in the foundation. Maybe the mother's left. Maybe the daddy's left. Maybe the youngins have threw their hands up and said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving home. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's also, a a lot of times, leaking going on. Talking, bickering, back and forth. It's not going to settle it by itself. So as we think about this, uh, marriage maintenance, the problems of stress in the home. Okay, let's take a family of four, okay? I can take a family of four because that's what we had. A family of four. Every morning, every morning, you get up early. You prepare breakfast. You prepare lunches. I remember before we had children, Lynn and I got up early. And we did what we do, getting breakfast, and we fixed our lunch, and we rode together to work. We worked in two separate places in Anderson, but we rode together. Wasn't long, hey, she become pregnant, here we are. More stress, you know, hey, how are we going to make it? Somebody's not going to work, somebody is going to work. But you keep going, you keep going, and then God bless us with a son. Okay, here comes more stress. Here comes more problems. Here comes more joys of life. You can't let up. Every day is a day to tighten up. Then it wasn't long. Again, Lynn's pregnant. Here comes another child. And now, instead of one mouth to feed, we're feeding four. And, it, and the ball just keeps molding and keeps on going and mushrooming. And look, we, we can't quit. We must hang in there with all we've got. But there's stresses on the family. And so now we get up early and we get the boys up and we get them dressed and we get their lunches and we get them to school and we go off to work. We come home in the evening. There's, there's meals to fix. There's ball game practices. 
There's all kind of activities going on that families get stressed out over. Some of you right now, and I've been there, I know how it feels. You're taking care of your elderly. That's more stress. But listen, you can't quit. You can't give up. It's part of marriage maintenance. You hear me? You've been there. You know, you can't quit. You can't afford to quit. Now that both our sons are married, they got children, hey, we love for them to come to the house. And tell it just like it is, we like to see them go. <laughs> the lots. No, I tell you what, we, we love and enjoy our grand youngins. But when them little bitty ones come, that's when it really takes a toll on old people. You know, <laughs> Josh's crowd, they basically take care of themselves and they help their granddaddy in the minute, okay? But Josh, uh, Caleb's on the other side, hey, they're little. They got to be watched constantly unless they get out of sight. Angela's probably the worst of the three over there. She knows everything. She's only five. <laughs> At the house last time, she's a-talking. I said, Angela, what are you saying? She turned around and just... Bloop, bloop, Speaking Spanish already at five. I said, Granddaddy don't know what you're saying. I know it. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? I'm so far behind. I'll never ever catch up. So we just enjoy going and doing and, and just having a good time uh, uh, together. Now, uh, my, my crowd knows I don't. I, well, let me rephrase that. I will, but I don't like to eat Mexican food every weekend. But Harley, she'll melt your heart. She says, uh, we'll say, we're going to take you out to eat, Harley. Where do you want to go? Well, I want to go to Los Amigos. Well, you know, your granddaddy's not fun to. So Lynn calls me. She says, what do you think? I said, since it's Harley, we'll go. We went, had a big time, and I eat, and I eat, and I eat. And then I suffered, and I suffered, and I suffered. You know? <laughs> That's just part of the stresses of being family. But we love our family. I'm, I'm just, I'm a, I am an overly blessed man when I look at my family uh, that God has given me and blessed me. But it don't take away the stresses that come. I mean, hey, we pray for our grand youngins. Just, uh, they're driving. We pray for all that. We pray for the, that they'll end up with a Christian mate. I mean, it's constant at the house. Constant that we work on maintenance in our home. Now, when I think about all this, I, I think about uh, these scriptures. Now, if y'all are bear with our girls back there, let's put up uh, Judges 21, 25. Judges 21, 25, and I hope I can see it. Okay, in the days there was no king in Israel. Now, this is when Abimelech and, and Naomi and their two boys, okay? Now, listen. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes, okay? Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. First John 2, 16. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. In other words, it is of the devil. The devil was there in the beginning. The Bible said he is a liar. He is a cheat. He will do you no good. Yes, there's lust in the world today. No matter where you look, it's lusting. And not necessarily men lusting after women and women after men. You know, sometimes we lust after something that we would love to have. And we'll go to our wit's end to have that. And when we get it, then we want, well, what did I need this for? And I'm thinking, my goodness, we, we have all kind of stuff today. You know, it's going to be a sad day in Oconee County or even in America if they ever come and tell us men folk, you boys are going to have to take inventory of all your stuff and pay taxes on it. My soul, I'll never get out of debt if they do that. You know, I'm, I'm ganging up my stuff. And I won't call her name, but one of my daughters-in-law says to her husband, says, what is your daddy going to do with all this stuff? I ain't going to leave it to y'all. <laughs> Let y'all stress out over it. <laughs> I was talking to this man about a beautiful car. I said, what you take for your car? He said, it's not for sale. I said, surely it's for sale. Nope, he said, it goes to my grandson. I said, he'll have that car sold before they get the dirt on you. He says, well, maybe, but I'm going to enjoy it while I have it. And so when we think about these, the kings and the judges ruled, everybody did what they thought was right in their own eyes. Is that not what's happening today? People just doing, hey, this looks right, it sounds right, let's try it. And we find out it's not all what it's supposed to be. Everywhere you look today, there's sin. And you see, the devil takes advantages of families in every way he can. He takes advantage of them. You know, it'd be horrible to know what our little, little children that do not go to church, what they hear and see at home. I want you to listen to this. A teacher said to her students, I want you to finish this statement. She said, I want you to begin with, I wish, and you finish it out. Here are some of the things that were said. I wish my parents didn't fight. I wish my daddy would come home. I wish my mother didn't have a boyfriend. I wish I could run away from home. I wish I had a mom and daddy that would love me for who I am. I wish I had one mother and one daddy so that the kids at school wouldn't make fun of me because I go here on one weekend and I go somewhere else on the next weekend. You know, that's cultural problems. I mean, here they are. They, they're there in the, in the, when judges rule. But also there was natural problems. Again, in verse 1, you'll notice um, after the judges rule, it says there was a famine in the land. Hunger. People starving. Hunger. Many pressures are on the family. And neither are moral or immoral. Some things just happen. When I began to think about those things that just happened, I thought about house fires, you know, and some of you have experienced losing your house and everything in it. Um, I think of thieves who break in and steal while we're gone. I think of people having heart attacks and strokes and cancer and having wrecks and, and a loss of a job. These, these stressful circumstances happen. 
because we live in a sin-cursed world. Death, hey, we don't plan on death. We don't talk about death, but death happens. It happens to people everywhere. But the Bible says, and a certain man, his name was Elimelech. Well, let me tell you about Elimelech. He, he had personal choice problems. God had done told them back there that they need to remain in this particular land and he would take care of them. He would bless them. Now, bear this in mind. God don't move according to your timetable and mine. He moves on his own timetable. So what was, what was Elimelech to do? He had four miles to feed and no job. What would you do? Somebody's got to eat. Somebody's got to go hunt food, look for food, look for a job. In verse 2, the very last part of verse 2 says, And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Moab was a place like Sodom, full of iniquity, full of sin, where anything goes. It doesn't matter. Anything goes. Um, you know, for a, for a family to, to slide back into like uh, Elimelech was leading his family back to is simply called backsliding. Going away from what God intended for you to be and to become. Backsliding, going away from God. You know, backsliding, listen, for a child of God is the worst place that you and I could be in a backslidden condition. Verse 3 says, and Elimelech, Elimelech um, Naomi's husband, died. And now she was left. With two sons to raise. Talking about stress. Some of you have been there. You know what it is. Stress. What am I supposed to do? Here I am. I don't have a husband. Here I am with two sons to raise and mouths to feed. What am I supposed to do? Verse 4 says, And they took them wives of the women of Moab. Pull up Judges chapter 2 verses 2 uh, and 3. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Talking about the land of Moab. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? God is saying, why have you done this? Okay. Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you. In other words, I'm not going to give you any relief. But they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. I'm telling you, he said, if you go down there, this is what's going to happen. Well, he disobeyed. He went. And when we think about that, the next worst thing that could happen of all was in there in verse 4, where it says, and they took them wives. In other words, the two boys took wives of Moab, married them. And they dwell there, the Bible says, 10 years. The threat of thorns and snares is in our lives today. Thorns and snares. The devil sees to it that these things come. He sees to it that things happen to us as God's children. God don't want that kind of stuff, but he does instruct us what to do, where to go, and where not to go. And here they are, the threat of thorns and thistles in a pagan culture. Now, I'm sure that Ophir and uh, Ophir, ever how you want to say that, and Ruth brought unbiblical rules into this household 
with Mylon and Chilion. I'm satisfied they brought this pagan thing in and they said, well, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way we've done it in our country. And since you have married down here, you're going to do it in our country. Listen, let me tell you something. Listen, it matters who you marry. Hello? It matters who you marry. You need to think about this. Where did this person come from? Whether it's a girl or the boy. Where did they come from? How were they raised? What are their beliefs? Ask them. You have that right to ask them. Unless you bite off more than you can chew. One man was talking to another man. He said, I I, I want to get married. And he said, I want to marry a good woman. He said, I want to marry a good looking pretty woman. He said, I want to marry a woman that'll, that'll take care of me and make me happy. And the other man said, you need to make up your mind which one you want. Because <laughs> you more than likely ain't going to get all three of them. <laughs> Elimelech had good intentions, y'all. He married a good lady. He knew the word of God. God had spoken to him. This is where you need to stay, Elimelech, right here. Well, when things happen, when the famine hit, hey, no food. How long do you wait on God when there's no food? He promised to take care of us, right? But how long do you wait? Elimelech, his time run out. And he says, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go down to Moab. Hey, there's plenty down there, I guarantee you. We'll, we'll go down there and we'll watch what we're doing and we won't stay long. Let me tell you what the devil does, y'all. Listen. He will lead you in a place and tell you, you don't have to stay long, but he will cause you to stay longer than you intended to stay. He'll cause you to spend more than you intended on spending, and you'll be sorry for the rest of your life. That's the way he is. That's the way he does things. Well, sometimes we just have to live with our choices. Let me share with you a second thing. The assumption will test the home. Now, you pay attention real close, okay? Assume. I'm not going to spell it for you, but you, you know how to spell it, don't you? You spell it and break it up, and you'll find out what assume really means. Okay? So when we think about that, we need to be careful how we assume things in this world. Make sure it's backed up by what God has to say before we jump the gun and run off, and then we're sorry, taking things upon ourselves. I've talked to people, and they say, well, I just I have less time now for God than I used to. And um, you see, the world says that uh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, but let me tell you something. Look at me. I don't have God in my life, but hey, man, I got everything I need. What else do I need? I got a good job. I got all these things that I do on the weekends, and what do I need God for? Look at me. I'm living proof. But I tell you what, preacher, one of these days, when things level off, I'm going to be there. You can count on me. I'm going to be at church. I'm going to give. And the next scene is, yeah, they made it in a box. There they are stretched out with children around saying, where did my daddy go? Where is my daddy? The saddest funeral I can ever, ever remember having was that such funeral. Where is my daddy? So, well, son, I, I tried. Where your daddy is, I don't know. All I can tell you is God is a just God. 
Listen, in an instant, life can change. I'm talking in an instant, life can change. Caleb is in a a group of men that they meet to share and pray for one another. And he called us the other morning and said, I told his mama, said, I want y'all to remember, I forget the name, in prayer. Said him and his wife had a baby, it's five, he's five months old, and said he has cancer. Change of life, just that quick. Life can change without any warning. We need to be careful where we are. Be careful who we marry Be careful who we step on as we try to accomplish things in this world because you may meet them on your way down as they're on their way up. Some people have God in a compartment. You know, you got compartments for everything. Some people have God in a compartment. In other words, when I need you, I'll come and get you. It's like a life preserver. I don't need it. But I got it here in case I need it. What if it happens so fast you can't get to it? Jesus is our life preserver. You need him now. You need him today, not tomorrow. You need him today, not when tragedy happens. You need him now. So when tragedy happens, you can hang on. What about the head of the house? Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. I think our house... Holds today, the head of the household has forgotten Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And these words which I command thee this day, not yesterday, not tomorrow, shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently, notice what it says, unto who? Thy children. And shall walk and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Talk about the God of all gods. Talk about who you're supposed to worship in this world. Last of all, the promises that'll bless our home. Promises that'll bless our home. First of all, you know, following God as as our leader is the best choice, y'all. Following God is our leader. The lady that was over the committee at Mountain View called me after they voted Brother Haskell and Mary in. And she said, I want to thank you over and over for giving me his name. Said, we love him and Mary. And I said, well, I'll tell you about those two. I said, they'll live the word of God. And they'll lead you to live the word of God because they will follow God. And I'm asking you, ma'am, for you and your church to follow them as they lead you in following God. Sometimes we forget who the head of the household is. According to scripture, it's supposed to be the daddy is in charge. Okay, I know, I know what people say all the time. Yeah, he's the head, but I'm the neck. You know what God can do to the neck? You ever had a crick? You know, hey, how are you doing over there? Hey, it's okay to be the neck. But when the head speaks, you need to listen. God is the head of this outfit right here, not me, for goodness sake. It's God Almighty. And Jesus said that the church will stand forever. And the gates of hell shall not prevail again. He said, I'll build it on my rock, on the rock of Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
You know, we'll go astray. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. And God laid on Jesus the sins of the entire world. You know what? God hadn't moved. We do the moving. God has nowhere to go. Sometimes the head of the house brings on these circumstances and the whole family suffers. But listen, God is a, is a heavenly father like the prodigal son's daddy. God is always standing waiting for us to come back. He's waiting. Hey, guys, listen, it's not embarrassment to come to this altar and say, hey, I've led my family in the wrong way and ask God to forgive you and help you get on the right track. Listen, there's one race to run, guys. One race. There's not two. There is one race. And when you cross, if you cross it with Jesus, don't say Jesus is going to cross it with me. No, we're going to cross it with him. You're going to hear him say, well done. All the stress and all the pressures and all the toil, it'll be over with. Well, finding God's inheritance is the last thing I want to make mention of as we talk about the promises that God will bless the home. Not only fellowship uh, with God as our leader, but finding God's inheritance. You see, leaving the fellowship of God for things that seem to satisfy may feel good, but it won't fulfill the will of God for your life. It'll rob us of our inheritance. With God and only with God can you and I succeed the way God intended for it to. I didn't say you wouldn't succeed, but to succeed the way he intends it for. Elimelech made a bad decision going to Moab. It led to bad consequences. His life was snuffed out, leaving his wife with two boys. And the boys went further. Then their daddy went. They got tangled up and tied up with two women of Moab. In the days of Moses, it said the women of Moab seduced, tricked the men, Moses' crowd, into laying with them. You know how many died according to Judges 25? Over 24,000 died. God is not playing, y'all. He's serious. It was these Moabite women. Sinful crowd. Hey, we got them all around us. Not only sinful women, we've got sinful men, guys. We're all sinners. And we need to be saved if we're lost. And we need to ask God to forgive us of our sins. Well, when we think about this, the Limelech moved his family to Moab to escape death. But he died his two sons died. And when it was all said and done, all that remained was three lonely widows. Three lonely widows with three Jewish graves left in a heathen land. You can't run away from your problems. You can move out of the house, but the termites going to keep eating. You can move out of the house, but the foundation is going to keep sinking. You can move out of a house and the roof's going to keep leaking. But if you make the repairs and you stay on top of it, the house can be a good place to go to. Same way with our marriage. When there's problems, don't sit back and say, well, I, you know, I, I've done all I can do. I'm just going to walk out and let them have it. 
That's a chicken. That's a cop out. Men, you need to stand your ground. And lady, you need to follow your man if he's following God, whether you like it or not. And young'uns, you need to obey your parents in the Lord if you want to live a long time. Don't short circuit God's system, okay? A lot of people try to short circuit it, but it will not work. You may be the blown fuse. You may be like Elimelech. You may die. You may be like Milan or Chilion. You may die. Just because we're alive today and doing well, it don't mean we'll be alive tomorrow. I beg you, I challenge you, obey the Lord. Men, don't give up on your family. Don't lead your family astray. Stay at it for the glory of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to stand in this place today. God, I pray for our families. I pray, first of all, for our men. God, help them to be men that that you can be proud of and bless them for their efforts. Be with our ladies, our wives, as they stand with their Christian man. Lord, bless them. Bless the children, Lord, as they live in the home. They're helping to realize and know they must be obedient to their parents or God will chasten them. I pray for this altar time now, Lord, that, that everyone would concentrate on you, that no one would walk out, but they'd concentrate on you and that your will might be done today. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen.